Thanks. Okay, so I'm up. Hey, everybody. I am Jenna. I'm a person in recovery from alcohol, drugs, many other things. Um, thanks for having me. Um, thank you, Marcus, for asking me. We he, I am uh, due in two weeks to have a little bambino, and he was trying to find a time when I can get <laughs> to speak uh, before the child arrives. Um, and it's been quite a long time since I've spoken here. It was like early pandemic. Uh, so it's really nice to be here um, and be amongst my peoples. So um, I don't know. Let's see. Well, starting with right now, you know, lots of good stuff going on. There's some craziness too, of course, but lots of good stuff that um, I would not have in my life if it wasn't for recovery. Um, I most likely wouldn't be alive if I didn't stop using alcohol and drugs. So, um, yeah, I, I like to start with the fact that as a kid, I never felt like I belonged like little kid. I was the, the classic middle child, you know, I had an older sister, older brother and a younger sister. And, um, yeah, my little sister was the cute one. My brother had learning disabilities, so we always needed help. So I was kind of, I was good on my own. I was independent. And so that led my family to just leave me to my own, you know, and, and um, I just felt like I, I didn't fit in and I didn't feel cute enough, smart enough, whatever, you know, whether it was in my head or not, doesn't really matter. But I started, my first escape was in books. I was an avid reader since I was little, little. And I would <laughs> we'd be having a big family party, lots of people. And I would be over in the corner reading, you know, and not paying attention to anybody. So, you know, I, I can see this now, of course, reflecting back. Um, and I, I mean, I had a fairly normal-ish, I guess, childhood. It's, you know, hard to compare, but my uh, parents were not, super they weren't loving like there was no I love yous um and and hugs and things like that but we had everything we needed you know had uh, food shelter all of that um and I didn't see fighting I didn't see alcoholism because my mother's parents her whole family um Irish and Italian uh were alcoholics and drug addicts and then we got the mental illness from my dad's side so they were very careful about like keeping us away from that part of family. So I didn't see any of that. And I didn't know, I didn't have any knowledge about it either. But um, my father died. He actually just like dropped dead of a heart attack uh, when I was 11 years old. And that pretty much changed everything. As you can imagine my mom raising these kids, she wasn't working. You know, she kind of went into her own, um, her own darkness, you know, whatever. And wasn't really a mom for a good year. And so then I started to raise my younger sister, basically an 11 year old raising the nine year old. It was just mayhem. And my older brother, he had, he was already into drugs and drinking. So then that started coming into the house. So it wasn't very long. Was it, was it a year um, until I picked up my first drink when I was 12. And I don't remember all the details, but I remember the warm, fuzzy feeling, you know, the booze going down and then in my stomach and, and then I just remember feeling like I was special. You know, it was like all of a sudden I could tell jokes and everybody wanted to listen to me. And, you know, I, I, I didn't feel so different or so ugly or so, you know, whatever it was um, from that very first drink, uh, very first drunk. And that is pretty much what I chased my whole life, you know, even with the drugs, you know, it was, um, 
always escaping from myself um, because I was not comfortable in my own skin when I was sober and uh, had no booze, drugs, anything in me. So it's, you know, started out slow-ish. There were parties at my house. There was, you know, and I really took to drinking, loved it, uh, loved being wasted. And from the very beginning, I was a blackout, fall down drunk. Um, I had a hard time stopping myself. Um, and I remember people saying to me over the years, like, you're drunk already. Why are you still drinking? But I could not stop. Like there was the physical, I just couldn't couldn't imagine, you know, like why I would stop if I'm at the bar, if I'm home, it didn't matter. So like I was the person that would be drinking until I, you know, my head slammed down on the bar and I drove home in a blackout and didn't remember. And uh, so many, many things like that, you know, a lot of car accidents. If I didn't have so many damn concussions, I'd probably be a scientist or something. Um, but I can tell you that there's a lot of dark, like darkness is, is the only way I can explain it. You know, if I wasn't drinking or getting high, I was depressed and I didn't like myself. I didn't like being in my own skin. And um, at some point, a couple, couple years went on, my mom kind of, you know, she got better-ish, I guess, started dating again. And um, so she wasn't, she met someone who she wanted to marry. So we moved. She thought it would be a good idea to move her. So my sister and I are, um, we're running mates for a long time. She's only 20 months younger than me. And so she thought she could like help us out by moving us away from all these bad kids <laughs> that we were partying with, but we were the bad kids. Um, and that's exactly what happened when we moved to the new town, the very first day of school, high school, you know, we met kids that partied and, and it just started all over again. And unfortunately where we moved to, um, there was a lot of drugs and I got into heroin very seriously. You know, I hadn't even known about that before. And this new place where we lived was, it was a big, you know, thing. So, um, and I actually did cut down on drinking for a long time because I was doing heroin. Uh, and I, the weird thing when I talk about it and think about it back, you know, I was 16 years old and I shot up for the first time without, it didn't even phase me. You know, someone was like, this is going to make you feel really good, like better than you've ever felt before. And I was like, I'm in, let's do it. Like there was no fear, no risk assessment, like nothing. I was just like, let's do it. And that was again, like pretty much how I existed for 12, 15, I can't how many years it was, 16 years. I don't know. Um, with drugs, with alcohol, with whatever it was, it was like, okay, you're going to take me out of me and make me feel better. Let's, let's do it. And, um, oh gosh, in, in there, there's a mix of like eating disorders, when I tried to control drink and when I quit doing drugs, then I saw that. And I, of course, again, I don't didn't know it then, but I can see it now looking back that um, I developed a severe eating disorder, anorexia and bulimia. And it was all about control. You know, I couldn't control anything in my life. And and this was my way of trying to handle things, you know, so I, I wasn't drinking and I stopped doing drugs, but, um, you know, had this severe eating disorder and then I would go back to drinking. So, um, you know, a couple of years went on like that. I, I had gone away to college in, so I grew up in New Jersey. Um, and I wanted to get out of New Jersey because I had decided New Jersey was the problem, not me again. And I did another ge did a geographic on my own, a geographic cure down to, uh, South Carolina. Cause that was the furthest I could get away to 
uh, for college and it was warmer and I had, you know, all these reasons and went down there. And I also was trying to get off heroin again because I was had developed a problem again. And it was successful getting me off the heroin. But then I was back to drinking a fifth of uh, whiskey and you know six or 12 pack every night. And I mean, you can't tell well, I was all like 102 pounds, you know, five foot two. So that was my existence and, you know, making choices to purchase booze rather than food or, you know, living off like spaghetti or rice and beans and so I could have my booze and um, live like that for a couple of years, going to college, working, partying. And I got myself into a really bad situation with, um, <clears throat> I was in bad shape. Like I said, I wasn't really eating and taking care of myself, lost weight and, um, I ended up in the hospital uh, with a swollen liver, and while I was in the hospital, and and, and I had, <laughs> I had had a um, minor heart attack uh, because of blood pressure dropping or something. But um, while I was in the hospital, my kidneys collapsed. So it was like it was just like this crazy chain reaction of things that happened. And I was in the hospital, even though I, I was trying to check myself out. But then I ended up being too sick and the nurse kept, you know, was like, if your kidneys collapse, you're, you're you might be done for, it. you know, um, <clears throat> you need to get your family here. And I was so friggin' stubborn because I was, you know, so independent and I want to take care of things on my own. I didn't even let my family know I was in the hospital because they're up in New Jersey. Uh, and then finally the kidneys collapse and I call my mom and she comes down and blah, blah, blah. So I'm on the um, dialysis in the hospital. And there's like different parts that I remember. I remember the orderly person wheeling me in for dialysis. And he said to me, what, what are you doing here? You're 22 years old. Look around this room. And I remember looking around and seeing all older people. And he's like, you don't belong here. You have something wrong. And, and I think that was like a first moment of clarity of like, oh, maybe there is something wrong. And I honestly didn't know. I didn't understand alcoholism. And um, I thought to myself, well, maybe I do too much drugs, so I should cut those out. And I had had that thought several times throughout my my um, partying career. But what ended up happening is my <clears throat> kidneys came back. You know, the body is friggin' miraculous. I I, I don't know. Um, and my kidneys came back. I didn't need dialysis, and they released me from the hospital. And the the nurse made the mistake of telling me that I was a miracle. So like a good addict, alcoholic, I left there thinking like, I'm invincible. I can do anything. And uh, they scared me a little bit, told me I couldn't drink or drug and like I couldn't even take Tylenol and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, you know what? Let me try this program. And this is back in 99, I think. So it was like all old men, smoky rooms. And I was like, no fucking way. I'm not, I don't belong here. So I said, all right, maybe, maybe it's the drugs. I'll, I'll just, you know, get help for my drug problem and <clears throat> moderate drinking. So I went to the other program and, um, I was there for a few months, didn't drink, didn't do any drugs and don't remember a damn thing, you know, and I can just say that I was not ready at all mentally to, to be sober or in recovery. Cause it was like one day I was offered a drink and that was it. And then it was another six years and that's when it got really ugly that's when it got to be um just drinking to survive I was drinking in the morning when I woke up because I was so ill 
and I was bartending, um, you know, just to get to work and throughout my shift and um, feeling sick and hungover quite often and always having stomach issues. So a lot of problems that were ugly. And I should say that I, anyone who questioned my drinking or drugs, I eliminated from my life. I didn't, you know, whether they were a partner, friend, family, I just didn't, I avoided them, didn't talk to them because I didn't want to hear it. And I didn't really ever have uh, God in my life. I wasn't, we were raised Catholic, but <clears throat> my dad died. So it was easy enough for me to say like, this is bullshit. There's no God. And um, I didn't really know what I believed at that time. So I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't anything that was important to me, but um, I ended up drinking myself sober in on a trip in the Florida Keys. And um, <laughs> I was away with my buddies, poor guy. And he, we were just drinking around the clock and I was drinking tequila at like seven in the morning and wasted. And then by like noon, I was sober. And I remember thinking like, what's, why am I, how can I be sober? I've been drinking all damn morning. And um, I had this like freak out of like, what is wrong with me? Why am I, why can't I get drunk? Cause I just kept drinking and drinking. And I started to cry and bug out and I called my sister and funny enough at the time she was actually, I don't know if she was in Narcotics Anonymous or not. She was in a program and she was sober at that moment. And I talked to her and I cried and I was like, I think there's something wrong with me and this whole thing. And she's like, all right, when you get home, you know, we'll go to a meeting and da da da. if you need to go to rehab. So I hang up the phone, I end up falling asleep. And when I wake up however many hours later, that's all gone out of my head and I was like let's go out drinking you know and I found some pills in my bag and whatever else so um continued on for a bit and even when you know I come home from that trip and I thought something was wrong and I didn't feel right about it uh gosh um and then there was a, a bad car accident I got into and was arrested and but still I thought to myself that I should just not be driving that I should just walk and take public transportation rather than not drink or do drugs. Like that was my best solution. Uh, <clears throat> so it went on a bit further and I was, I think what really ended up getting me was in such a dark place. Like I was done and I, I wanted to die. And finally um, that's when I went to a meeting and I went, got to a meeting with my sister and I didn't really hear what people were saying. I kind of like half listened and cried. And I was like, well, I want to be better. I want to feel better. And it took some time. And I started to, I, I started to go to meetings on my own, um, AA meetings, traditional. And then um, also there was secular near me because I was, I'm very close to New York City and Jersey City. And I still didn't want like, you know, if, if I don't know if people here have been in traditional, but I was like, don't touch me, don't hug me, don't hold my hand when we're freaking closing a meeting and, you know, all that crap. And then the, the prayers and the traditional meetings and, but I just, I kept showing up, but I was not sober. I was still taking pills because I couldn't sleep. I wasn't drinking now. And I was doing my own marijuana maintenance because I was still, you know, like I said, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. There was a lot of physically ill and then I finally started to feel better around 60 days. I was able to sleep, eat, and feel better. And I was actually like going to the meetings and, and cognizant. And then what happened was I actually was so cognizant that I 
recalled my like uh, all the bad shit I had done. Basically, you know, I uh, stealing from people, stealing from my own mother, lying, like all the crap. And I was like, wow, I am a bad person. And all that realization was enough to make me go. You know, I was I was about to go out and drink or kill myself because I was not wanting to to stay like that, to live like that. And um, I was fortunate enough to meet this woman in, in a meeting and she ended up talking to me for hours outside the meeting and she gave me hope and she became my, my first like real sponsor. And um, <clears throat> I ended up going through the steps with her, you know, for me, that's what I really needed. I went through the steps and at some point, the fourth step, a little bit after the fourth step, I realized I wasn't obsessing over drinking or drugging anymore. And um, because I still even, you know, it was like however many months into the program, I was still waking up every single day thinking, how am I going to not drink today? How am I going to not get high? Um, and it, it, it took some time, you know, and and the steps uh, really helped me because I had a lot of shit on my shoulders and um, it kind of helped me dump a lot of that baggage, I guess. And um, seeing my part in things and, uh, making amends to people, which was not easy because I, there were people I thought were going to be easy. They ended up not being, and my, I'm so, you know, thankful that my mother was alive at the time and I was able to make amends to her, you know, and she, she was just really happy because both my sister and I were sober at the time. So, um, she was really happy to see both of us get sober and I was able to pay her back for some of the money I had stolen from her. Um, and, you know, beyond that, that I was like, I was, a, I was like a good AA for a while and did service and lots of stuff and was very involved. And I was like, over time, slowly pull away. And um, I had a sponsor tell me, you know, we get sober to have a life. And I guess like the big part for me is trying to figure out that balance still, because I tend to do like all or nothing, you know, I'm super involved or not involved and uh, back and forth with that. And, um, you know, there were some years that I was just going to a couple meetings, not so involved. And, you know, some people can are fine like that. And I was okay for a while. And um, I didn't pick up, but I started acting out in other ways. And it was funny, by the time I had met Mark, I was like obsessed with doing mushrooms. Like I, I was so sure that they were going to help me with my mental illness. Cause I also do suffer from a couple different things, but uh, the bipolar, because all the data that talks about mushrooms, healing the neural pathways. And I was like doing all this research and convinced, you know, and telling other people and trying to get them to sign off on that for me. Um, and that was right before the pandemic and my sponsor had relapsed and I was like, I don't need a sponsor. I'm just going to do this thing. And again, like some people are perfectly fine that way for me, if I'm not um, sharing some of this, what's going on in here, then I can convince myself of anything. And I'm pretty good at convincing other people too, which is bad um, that, you know, like this idea is, is a good one. And uh <laughs> So like I was saying, there's a lot of a lot of other things that happened in life um, after getting sober and, and I was able to navigate through it. And it's not been easy. You know, life is fucking hard and it's really good to have a community of people to support you and hold you up sometimes. And um, I 
fine. That's the only way that I'm able to keep myself honest, I guess, about stuff that's going on and not let, you know, these little things grow and, and go like into giant things in my head, which is easy enough for me to do. I, um, try to talk to my sponsor, talk to other people when I can and reach out, get out of myself. I, uh, <clears throat> like I was saying at the beginning, I've, there, you know, there's a lot of different things that happen. Like I, I'm a, I'm a teacher in high school. I've been for many years. And like, if social media existed the way it did, does now back, you know, when I was drinking, there's no fucking way I would be able to be a teacher in front of, you know, kids um, because of the stupid shit that I did. But I can, you know, like, there's nothing I'm afraid of at this point in my life of like, people finding out, you know, it's not like there's anything that I'm doing that I'm ashamed of. Um, and I've, you know, I, I, I got married. I'm having a child, like those things that I didn't think that I almost didn't think I deserved them at different points in my life. And, um, you know, it really is amazing to see what can happen if I continue to not put booze and drugs into my body to see what other things might happen in life, which is kind of cool. And uh, I think I'm starting to babble now. So I think I'll wrap it up with, um, I don't know. It's like, I was just saying, it's life is definitely not easy, um, but it makes things a lot better to have a community of people to support you, um, to be supported, to identify with, you know, seeing your faces here right now. And um, yeah, I hope everybody has a good 24. Thanks for letting me share.